One of the tenets of accounting is there's no such thing as a free lunch. Which I feel is quite ironic, since the lunch provided by the school is literally made magically and provided freely to all those who attend or who are present. But I'm getting distracted. Accounting in such a fantastical world often gets looked over as a useless skill or a course to take when you could be learning how to navigate the deeps with Professor Stormwind, or higher mysteries of magic with Professor Baltana, or... Well, you get my point, but I argue that accounting is what will keep you alive in your journeys. Whether it be the tracking of gold, spell components, carried items, or rations, the thing I always tell my students that they must remember, someone always pays a price. Professor Difford Crankenbottom, Head of Accounting. Best from afar, and far from the best. But it's better than good. Is good better quest. Welcome back to Good Better Quest. I am, of course, your Fungin Master, David Hallman. And with me, as always, are my friends. And we're going to play a game of Dungeons and Dragons for your entertainment. Y'all are in so much wild shit. Because previously on Dragon Ball Z, Team Nazgar woke up in a strange version of the school. Where they found Headmaster Winterhold younger... Professor Baltana with hair? And Professor Avilo wasn't stammering his M's, and he looked a lot more confident. It's, and, like, it's uh, like we went from Firefly to Serenity. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I liked Serenity. Man, I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't be right about everything. Avilo wouldn't say any M's, despite my my best try. That he is true. One. Did he? He did, Mr. Dribblejaw. Hmm. <gasps> Yep. Yep. I uh, I wanted to make you work for that one. Uh, <laughs> Cash was the first one to really figure out how to get out, I believe, by overloading the... What What is it in a video game when, like, assets render or, or whatever like that? Is it Something. render assets? I opened too many tabs. I, yeah. was, I had, there was music playing on a couple of them. There was a video. I was downloading something on Steam. You know, I was so yeah. much porn, so, so much porn, so much inconceivable amount. Like, who could watch it's, that much porn? Uh, like, like seriously, who could? All right, um, I need to. I need to just get rid of that button. You got out. And found out that you were essentially in Matrix tubes. You all received the benefits of a long rest, except you also have one level of exhaustion. 
And you also feel like there is something behind your eye, which is upsetting in a Mind Flayer base. So, um, two questions. One out of character and one in character. Uh, the out of character question is, if he already eats the brain, does he get the knowledge of the brain? Is that how that works? So he just goes and eats the brain and he's as smart as it? I The answer to that one may shock you. Uh, there's only one way to find out. Okay. My in-character question is, do we have our equipment with us, or do we need to find that first? Uh, I will say you wake up, you have all your equipment, but Yardy, you did fix your gun in the dream and not in real life. Correct. And and actually, you guys aren't in front of the brain. You are, these tubes are in another room, and there is actually a chair, a, a woman sitting in a chair right across from the tubes, reading a magazine and you recognize her as uh, East Regine, the right-hand woman of Tilstrail Pound. When she sees you awaken, she stands up and uh, she closes the magazine and places it on the chair. It almost looks like she's been waiting here for you guys to wake up. And she says, well, it's, I don't remember what voice I gave her. That one. Yeah. I, I was about to say that one. I it's So this... By the way, East Regine is uh, inspired by listener and uh, a friend of the show, uh, Brianna Jean, and I wanted to do the the Transylvania accent kind of thing that she does for her show, but I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm sorry, Brianna Jean, the rest of us wanted him to do the right thing, but he insisted on being half-assed, so just... <laughs> When you're I, listening I, to this, remember it's David to hate, not the rest of us. I, I can't, I can't do it. I, I just, I can't do it. <laughs> so yeah, she's, she's there and she says, was it at least pleasant? Any of it? I remember when I was in the dream state, it was, it was all right. Cash casts bardic inspiration on Yardy. Like as soon as we get out of these tubes, just like leaps or whatever, gets as close to Yardy as possible, grabs his tail, and, <laughs> and casts Bardic Inspiration on him. You get, next time you do a roll, you cool. get 1d8. Oh, wow. Yardy, bolstered by the confidence that Cash has in him to give him <laughs> Bardic Inspiration so quickly out of their um, dream state, turns to Isregine and... Begins to walk forward. He draws his pistol as his his blunderbuss is uh, inoperable on his back. Right. And he doesn't point it at her, but he does have it, <laughs> have it ready. You're, you're telling me you've been working with this this brain being? You, you've known about this. This is the whole problem we were hired to, to fix? Is What's going on? I, I'm... Confused? Do you work for Tilstray? Does he know about this? She ponders for a minute and and actually looks off to the side. You see, there are more and more of these uh, sleeping tubes. As she's looking further down, she says, "If he hasn't picked up yet, I suspect he will soon." I have made arrangements with the Elder One. Initially, I was here to work with Mr. O'Pound, but now 
I have my own goals. And those goals are about to coincide with what I hope will be your goals. You see, you've been given a choice now. Inside each of your minds is a tadpole, an illithid parasite waiting to transform you into a servant of the Elder One. The Elder One will get what he wants one way or another, but he's given you an opportunity you receive. He wants you to leave. He'll give you a myconid of his own creation to leave with, and all you need to do is hand it off to our operative on the upper grounds. They'll take it from there. Should you refuse, you will begin the unpleasant process of being turned into an illithid, and you'll be forced to do whatever the Elder One asks for as long as you may live. Uh, she, she gestures to Cash and Durak, and she says, I should mention two of you may be the only ones to survive that transformation. Um, Gnomes, and she looks at Siggy and uh, says, Gnomes rarely come out the other side right, and I've honestly never seen a, a cat transformation. So I suppose if anyone's going to refuse, I hope it's you, Mr. Dribblejaw. Uh, um, hmm. How, how deep into my head is the illithid tadpole? I mean, is it like right behind my eyeball? It is like on your brain. Oh. Almost. Hmm. You were thinking about plucking out your own eye, weren't you? I was. I, that's yeah, a okay, 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 okay. I just wanted to make sure. I just this wanted to make is, sure that was what your face was I saying. I need to just... I need to put a fucking body horror like trigger on this entire fucking show. Yeah, I feel like the last three episodes, I stab, I cut my finger off. You already shot my finger off. I'm thinking yeah. about pulling my own eyeball out just to to show it to them. Uh, you know, Yardy's a big fan of uh, the Book of Matthew from uh, the Bible. <laughs> um, if your eye would turn you to an illithid, pluck it out. <laughs> <laughs> My God. That's how it goes. Yardy turns to Siggy. And, I mean, he's up, he's upset by this. He doesn't want to die. He doesn't want to, you know, help an illithid form in his friends. Yes. And knowing that Siggy is another... She has the most to lose compared to, to Durak and Cash as far as being able to survive or not. Two two things, little one. Um, firstly, can you divine how these mechanisms work? And secondly, find a way to get these things out of our brain. She is shaking. Um, Nolan, for, for my sake, what devices do you mean? The, the tubes, the like matrix tubes. Oh, okay, okay. She, uh, she's shaking. She's she's pale, um, and and she says, uh -uh, "I can try my best, Yardy. Um, this is a little, this is a little more intense than, um, you know, it's a little more intense than the hippo ship, and other things. Just give me a straight charisma roll. It's just a ten. Just a ten. I just wanted to see if you could calm her." Well, Yardy, Yardy knows that he is not really the person to calm Siggy down. And I think seeing that this happens, how, how close is Durak to Yardy, Doug? 
a few steps behind um, because this was a real shocking thing for Durak, and I think he, it took him a minute to kind of come really get on his feet right um, when they came out on the other side of this. And so I kind of imagine that by the time this happens, he's wondering whether or not he should be walking up there to be with Yardy or whether he should be hanging back, and he's not quite hasn't quite made his decision yet. Yardy's Yardy's tail reaches out and wraps around Durak's wrist and just pulls him closer, and he he hands off Siggy to Durak because he knows that they have a closer bond and, and Durak's going to know what to say. And Yardy goes up to Cash to discuss in comfort, but I, I think he lets Durak get Siggy brought back to a helpful state before he does anything else. Durak, uh, Durak pats Yardy on the back on the way past and um, he gets down on a knee to Siggy and... Um, all right, Six. I think that this ought to be your call. You got the most to lose here, and if you want to leave, even if that leaving is ugly, even if that leaving is shameful, even if that leaving is something that we don't ever talk about again, we'll do it. We ain't staying here to be slaves, and I ain't watching you and Yardy break. So tell me what we're going to do. Doug, I want you to... Give me a straight roll with advantage, but add your constitution modifier. Okay. That's a 26. You see a silver thread between you and Siggy, and it strums. And the strum is almost, almost like a cat's purr in the sense of comfort that it brings. Siggy looks up at you. And she looks to ca- over at Cash and Yardy, and she says, I'm not the only one with the most to lose. If one of us loses, we all lose. I'll do whatever you want. Or a team. If I lose any of you, it's the same as if you would just lose me. And she holds her gauntlet fist out uh, for a fist bump, and she says, I'll follow you to the end of the earth, Durak. And Durak says... Oh, hell, I reckon everybody's going to die. And he clinks clinks her fist. Yeah, she does kind of whisper to you, if you can keep her talking, I can try my best to get a look at this this thing, try and figure something out about it. She gestures to the sleepy Matrix dream tube. (laughs) Durak nods like real serious, and and he just kind of walks back over to... um, toward his regime and from a respectable distance he goes all right look we're trying to figure out whether we want to go whether we want to stay and we're split betwixt us right now so i was wondering you want to run that about one more time talk about one more time <laughs> what we need to do we need to get out of here give me give me just give me a persuasion check all right oh dang 11 she gives you the short ver- the the short version essentially she's like I I guess it was a little complicated for you. Do this thing for us or become a mind flayer. Yeah, but the part about leaving, the part the part about the y'all gonna give us like a present to give somebody or something and we'll go. Yeah, upstairs. we're gonna give you we're gonna give you a mic in it to hand off to an operative we have at the school. Like uh, Wait, you're gonna give us each one? Or are you gonna give just me one to carry? Just just you. Just me. Alright. Now how big is this mic in it? <laughs> <laughs> So, 
Can we just like assume that he keeps asking her dumb questions like this until? I, I, I love this. This is this is like that thing some people have been doing where they like waste the telemarketer's time. <laughs> While Durak, I'm gonna let Durak because I Cash is caught on to what's what's happening here, and he's like, "Good, yes, all right." Uh, turns to Yardi and says, "You know we have we have to go." They're going to let us go. That buys us time. We've got time. We will get this thing out of my head. Do you know what's going on in my head? We were all psychically linked for a while. It's bananas in there. I can't believe it wants to stay in there. We're gonna get it out. Yardy, Yardy looks at Cash very seriously. We, we might get out, but the whole purpose is that there's a traitor in the school. We're to deliver a package from here to someone in the school in league with these people. That's no better than dying here. If we're helping spread this thing problem, I I don't I don't know. Are we are we damning other people to become mind flayers? Is the extra time we get going to fix this or should we stop it here and now? I don't know if we can stop it here and now, Yardy, and I'll be frank, in this moment, I don't really... I don't care too much, uh, outside of this team. You are my focus right now. I... I cannot lose you. And... If that means we have to risk... Maybe a couple other people, and that's terrible, I know, Yardy, that's awful. But I, I can't, I can't lose, I, I can't lose you, I can't lose the team. I think if we take it out, it buys us time. Even if we're the, I mean, look at Durak, he's buying time right now. I mean, you think he could probably do this with that operative person. And in the background, in the background, you hear him say, now, now just supposing we take this mic and then we get upstairs and then that crack shot just kills it. What are we going to do then? <laughs> I, he, he's not going to kill it. I, crack shot. Uh, first of all, I've seen Crackshot two times, and one of them times he's killing a Mikenid. Okay, listen. The first of all, his name's Bevan. Don't don't give him the fucking don't feed into that delusion of his. Second, <laughs> he's he won't be a problem. I I swear. <sighs> Just an, an exasperated sigh after every time Isra has to speak. See, okay, by the time Durak could do this up up on the, you know, back in reality, where we're at school, uh, we could come up with something. Take out the operative, take out this thing out of our brain, I don't know. By then, maybe some capable woman will show up, that's usually what happens. <laughs> Yardy, Yardy sighs really big at the mention of Moth coming to save them again. <laughs> uh, but he, he, he kind of looks at his feet, and he feels the little tadpole swimming around on his brain, and he looks at Cash. I... I have similar feelings. You you are the most important person to me, and this team means everything to me. Everything. I... I don't want to put people at risk, but I also don't know who to trust outside of this. I'm... I'm lost, and it seems that... Everything around me is is in flux. If this is what you want, 
I'm on board. I trust you. I trust Durak. I trust Siggy. I know that if we buy ourselves time, we, we can come up with a plan to fix it, but we just need to know the costs of that time. I swear to you, swear, I will fix this. I won't let you down. Although we would make really cool looking mind flares. Let's just say that. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, it's pretty cool. But anyway, not cool. Uh, working for this brain thing. Okay. Also, aren't you curious who the operative at the school is? I mean, if we find out who the pass off is, I, I mean, we'll never know. I mean, because obviously we'll be, if we stay here, we'll never know. And, you know, but finding out who that is could lead us to answering other bigger issues. I say we go. Now, uh, is Siggy, where's Siggy? What's she doing? Uh, Siggy is behind her Matrix Dream pod. You, you see her kind of tinkering, trying to tinker quietly, but let's see how successful she is. Not. That's a natural one, so Whoa. she, it, it's, <laughs> there's a couple times you just straight up here, clang, and uh, a very loud electric shock. She goes, ah! And like her head just kind of pokes around it to see if anyone heard it and everyone's looking at her and she just slowly goes back behind it and continues to loudly work on the thing. East Regine, having spent what feels like an hour talking to Durak about just unimportant minutia, just picks up her magazine and says, listen, I'm, I'm going to give you guys 30 minutes to just think about this. Uh, I, I have a few other things I need to do. Just think about it. There's no way out of this room. I will see you in 30 minutes. And she snaps her fingers and a doorway opens behind her. She steps back through it and uh, it closes. Y'all, she said there wasn't no way out of here. I was wondering how the hell she was going to leave, and then she... <laughs> yeah, I was expecting her... I, what if she just went and stood in the corner for 30 minutes? That would have been weird. Siggy <laughs> leans over the thing. She's like, would that have been the weirdest thing, though? Would that have been the weirdest thing that happened <laughs> no, to us today? I mean, perhaps that would have been in, in line with everything that has happened today. That's fair. That's fair. Are any of these other tubes full? A few of them have... Uh, what look like operatives of the upper dark that may have learned too much, uh, just kind of floating in a stasis pile or a stasis pod. But you recognize one person in one of them. It's Tilstrail Palin. And there is a Mind Flayer tadpole swimming around, not yet in his mind, but trying to figure out the best way to go looking looking at Tilstray's head as though it were a burger and it was deciding which bite to take first. Always the middle. Come on. Cash is very talented. <laughs> Ca Cash is very talented with his mouth in ways no one would ever suspect or want. <laughs> I... <laughs> um, are there are there controls to open these tubes or are they elsewhere? Uh, give me an investigation check. Investigation. 
It's a nine. Plus, plus a no. d8 if you want to use it. Oh, yeah, plus a d8 Ooh. if you want to use that bardic inspiration. You're like, would, damn it. Damn yeah, it, Cash. I, <laughs> just thinking, like, it would a 15 get me there, and I need to roll a pretty good on the d8 for that. That's true. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do I think you only you only have it for ten minutes anyway. Yeah. Okay, well, then I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna roll this d8. Hopefully, it's an eight. It's a four, so it's a thirteen total. You see some buttons. You definitely see some buttons. Some of them are squishy. Some of them are hard. It's weird. I don't. I don't like that. I don't think Yardy yeah. likes that either. Yeah. What are the What are the tubes made out of? It appears to be a combination of organic material like some sort of body tube and metal and and shit like that. So what you're saying is it's a it's it's a metal and glass structure with in a natural casing. Yes. Okay. Natural casing was so much worse, Doug. That was Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's worse. Siggy comes around the corner and she has she has a piece of this thing in her hand. It is a pulsating mound of flesh and wire and mm. metallic pieces. And she says, I don't know what this is, um, but I touched it with my hand and now I need to wash it, uh, my hand. Uh, but I also learned there is a spell in this thing and it's the dream spell. So that's interesting. She gestures to the tubes coming out the back of the things and going up into the ceiling. And she says, wherever these lead, they're all connected by these, I guess, dream cores, dream mounds, these these gross boogers. And she, she just tilts her hand and lets it fall to the floor with a <laughs> And she says, oh God, oh, I touched it. As she's kind of looking around at anything besides the pulsating mound, she sees the, the pot with Tilstra in it, and she says, Ha, hmm. Hold on. The fuck is he doing here? Yardy turns to Siggy and goes, uh, hopefully helping us. And then he pulls out his pistol and he tries to shoot the bottom of the tank to drain it. Give me an attack roll. Oh, shit. Yardy's got two broken guns. I'm putting these dice Are up. Are you shitting me? I'm putting me? these dice away. <laughs> you say, hopefully helping us. And it just... Well, um, well Yardy, I... Uh, maybe I can assist with this. Everybody plug your ears. I'll apologize in advance. I cast Shatter. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, tell me again, what, what does that do to objects? Like, does it automatically break them, or is it a certain HP thing? A creature made of inorganic materials such as stone, crystal, or metal has disadvantage on a saving throw. A non-magical object that isn't being worn or carried also takes damage if it's within the spell's area. That's the natural casing. Yeah. <laughs> um, each creature in a 10 foot radius sphere centered on that point must make a constitution saving throw sorry Tilstra <laughs> yeah go ahead and uh, uh, roll that beautiful uh, boom damage <clears throat> he'll roll a constitution saving throw nat 20 wait I was roll- rolling the damage what you said attack roll didn't you, you? said attack roll I did. I meant uh, okay. I meant damage. However, uh, that's my bad. 
We'll just go ahead and say it's max damage. What's the max damage for that shatter? 3d8 thunder. Alright. 24 thunder. Tilster, I'm so... You're gonna thank (laughs) me when that tadpole isn't swimming up your butt to your brain, because that's how it's going in. Let's all be real. Um... <laughs> David told David told us all in secret that it was coming to the butt. Yeah. David David did not do that. <laughs> Tils, Tilster the Pound is, is Don't listen Tilster to David. Pound is also lying. based on our, our good good friend from, from afar podcast, David Tilstra. Um David, seriously, it's didn't go up Tilstra's butt. I didn't. I prevented it. Yet. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> You're welcome. <sighs> oh boy. When you do that, the two pods next to uh, Tilstray's pod also explode because they were within 10 feet. Tilstray's pod explodes. He falls down to the ground, surrounded by this gross cerebral fluid or whatever it is, landing and squishing, uh, landing on and squishing the tadpole that was swimming around in his tube with him. Uh, Cash runs over to him and flips him over onto his back, not just so he can breathe better, you know, and try and get this fluid or whatever out. Cash wants to see this tadpole thing outside of his own brain. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Give me a medicine check. That is a five. So perhaps not his forte (laughs) at all. It's whatever it was. It was purple. Now... It's pretty smushed. Um, and it had teeth? It was an Alaskan bullworm. <laughs> it's big, hairy, hairy and, and pink. pink. <laughs> cool, guys. So Cash um, kind of like peels it up off the ground and holds it up to the team and goes, Hey, everyone, that's what's in our brain. Pretty cool. <laughs> he already coughs up a hairball. Yeah, Siggy is like, I'm going to barf. <laughs> oh, no. Don't throw up on that brain mound. Don't step in it. I I, I think Doug was about to say something, but all I could think of is Direct looking at it as everyone is discussing him going, ah, I've picked out worse. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in my head, Direct's just kind of in the background just with his finger in his ear, just like, <laughs> just digging, like. Can't be that deep. Can't be that deep. I mean, it could be. I mean, shit, I got long fingers. Um, yeah. So, but it is, is Tilstray, like, visibly injured and needs to be helped out, or is he just, like, on the floor being gross? He's on the floor. He certainly didn't make it out of that situation without taking any damage, but he, he doesn't look like he's on death's door. But he's un, is he, he's unconscious, though? Yeah. Okay. He's he's coughing up some of that cerebral f- fluid. He already turns to Cash after he holds up the little gross tadpole. Are, are you able to know where Moth is? Can you track her through your heartstring? Uh, let's see. Uh, and Cash, like, stretches, and he's like, let's give the old heartstring a, a good old pluck. Uh, and Cash thinks about Moth, and then remembers that the last thing he ever said to her uh, was... <laughs> hate to see you go, but love to watch you leave, and is deeply embarrassed, because (laughs) she may be in deep trouble now, and that was the last thing I ever said. At the memory of that, it's almost like the string is stronger. (laughs) 
There's a very strong memory uh, between Cash and Moth, and uh, it does strum. The string is going up. And remember, it's, you know, the, the heart string. For anyone who doesn't know, uh, the heart strings at this level with everyone can be plucked and show the fastest route to a person, just like in, in a straight line. I have a bad idea. So remember how I learned Eldritch Blast secretly? I didn't tell anybody. Remember I learned Eldritch Blast? Suddenly I shot it and it was really cool and you guys were all like, but you're a bard! Yes. Uh, I learned another spell. I thought it would be I thought it would be a fun prank to pull on one of you one day, but perhaps this could be helpful. I I can fly. <laughs> I <laughs> I thought it'd be wouldn't it be so funny, Yardy? I was gonna cast it on you and be like, haha, cat got your feet off the ground. I don't know. I was gonna say something clever. But perhaps that could be helpful now. Yardy leans in and goes, you are going to give me the ability to get out of a tree by myself. Cash, that is the best prank I've ever heard. You are a comic genius. No one can take that away from you. And you are the best bard that has ever been. I will fight to the death for this point. I promise you no one will ever be funnier. <laughs> Durak is just like, in his head, it's just, well, I guess Cash can fly now. But like, on the outside, he's just looking like, like real, like just duly impressed. Like, oh, attaboy, Cash. But on the inside, it's just, he's just more and more confused and bewildered by this <laughs> world in which he's living. <laughs> these damn fly kids these days. I don't understand it. He was just <laughs> sitting here. Do the tubes lead anywhere or are they just in this room? They are in this room. They meet at a pillar in the center of the room that goes up. They go inside of it. And it's like at an office building, you know, you, you see all the computer cables tied together, you know, going in a, a certain direction. That's essentially what it's like. This pillar is pulsating and seems to be similar to the everything else in here. Somewhat organic and somewhat construct in nature. Yeah, I don't like all the pulsating stuff in this room. I'm just going on record now. Just realizing I pretty much made, like, Nolan, we're pretty much in the womb in Binding of Isaac right now. Ugh. Uh, yeah, I just realized that. I quit. Don't like that. I quit. Don't like that. Yeah, don't like that in that game. Don't like that in this game either. Um. It's gross. <laughs> okay, plan. If we could break into that pillar, some willing creature could... <laughs> Fly up into the hole we put in the ceiling. This sounds terrible. The more I say it, just out of out of character. The the tubes that burst. Did they like? Did all the that liquid that flowed out of them? Is it still just coming out from the top, just spilling out? For a while, it did, uh, and then it seemed to stop. Like in in the same way that a wound will stop bleeding. Um, after a certain amount of time. So it, like, it just kind of, like, coagulated it, on it the broken parts? It tapered off. Exactly. Is it still full on the way up? It does not appear to be as full. Uh, it, it's almost like whatever nerves or senses, you know, connecting it down here know that it's a dead end. 
but it's not exactly like a human body. It's a little bit smarter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Durak has that ability to, like, map out anywhere he travels. Yeah. And I was thinking, if we sent Durak up the tubes, then, like, we would know exactly where to go. <laughs> but I don't know where to go after you send Durak up the tubes. That seems like a terrible idea. So I'm saying in a metagaming sense, there's a skill that I feel like we might be able to take advantage of, but in a way that didn't the way my dumbass just thought about it. That is certainly a thing you said. So we should. That is certainly an idea. I feel like we're, th- we're going to end up in the scene, the fizzy lifting drink room in Willy Wonka. <laughs> you stole <laughs> fizzy lifting drinks. You get nothing. Good day, sir. <laughs> Oh shit, I've just got like, just regular ass wild shape. Durak knows what fishes look like. Oh shit. Oh Oh, shit. God. We solved your tadpole puzzle. Nolan, they've, they've solved, they've certainly solved something. Hold on, what level druid are you? Um, (laughs) hold on. With this, it's never been easier. Um, well, to be honest, never been easier. Never been easier. Uh, a level level two druid. I don't think you can do creatures that swim. Really? Is that is that the only? And you can't call back missiles either. I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> when you are fourth level druid, you can turn into things that swim. Son of a bitch. I will. What about? An amphibian. Yeah. What about a frog? Because frogs don't got it. They don't have to. They don't have to breathe. You can't turn into a crocodile. That's because of challenge rating. That's not because of. Yeah, I'm talking about just species, like or genus or whatever. Kingdom. What the hell is it? One of those. Class, maybe. I don't know. I know a lepidoptera is a butterfly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to look up mm-hmm. a regular-ass frog. Yep, regular-ass frog. That's what it's called in the monster manual. Yep, Just give yep. me a regular-ass frog. Jesus Christ. Regular-ass frog. Cla- armor class, 11. Hit points, 1d4 minus 1. Ooh. I'm going to roll a d20. No, I'm going to roll a d6. We're going to get three options. On a 1 or a 2... You can't turn into a frog. Fuck you. Three or a four, you can, but your swim speed is going to be half of your regular speed. All right. Five or six, you can just turn into a frog. But can it have all the powers of, like, Frog Suit Mario where I can, like, jump really high? (laughs) No. No, this is already... The frog from Super Mario Odyssey where you could, like, double jump and, like, get super, super high in the air. I want that, David. (laughs) (laughs) okay so let's do it all right so (laughs) Derek looks around he goes hey guys i got an idea i rolled a five ribbit ribbit so that means i am sending you the stat block for this frog i (laughs) your hit point is one (gasps) your speed is 20 feet uh-huh. and your swim speed is also 20 feet. Cash okay. cast bardic inspiration on Durek. You already cast resistance. 
Oh my god. Right on. And then Durak is going to go into one of these little entrance points and scoot on up into the t- into the tunnel. You know, if I was a real dick, I'd point out that this is not water, so he technically can't breathe it. But you know what? Fuck it. We're having fun Look, here. it is there <laughs> already... sustaining living creatures. It has got the shit a frog needs to get by. Ribbit, is, ribbit. I, it's, got everything a star- it's got everything of frogs? growing. It's enough to sustain a tadpole. If it can sustain a tadpole, it can sustain a frog. <laughs> frogs you did um, say that. Frogs can hold I their breath between four and seven hours. Yeah. Wow. Man, we um, picked a good one. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Real quick, real quick, everybody, uh, I'm a dumbass and forgot that first level of exhaustion means you have disadvantage on, like, ability checks, so let's remember that from here on out. Uh, I forgot already. But, Doug, you You're can good. roll 1d8 on any yeah. check. Uh, right on, right for on. For 10 minutes. How, yeah. <laughs> However, Dur- uh, Durak, you are... Uh, a frog. Let me see. Give me just a minute here. I do want to point out Deribak. Yes. Yes. Deribak. Uh, I I want to point out though that on his on his white underbelly is definitely a leopard print. Um, it is mm-hmm. bright and proud right there on his belly. Um, so okay, so he goes up into the tube. What's he see? You go up this tube. And you, hold on, I'm I'm very sorry. I'm writing in my notes what the fuck just happened. You're writing down what a bad idea. Murder, this is. murder this team. I hate them All so much. <laughs> nope, just writing Duribak. Dur, Durak turned into a frog. Was it like Ribbit? Jesus. <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ. All right. Wait, did the hat um, shrink, or did the hat? <laughs> the hat is his tongue. Oh. Yes. Oh. yes. When he sticks his tongue out, it's it's, it's this blue. Yeah, I love it's that. It's the blue tongue with a little bear pom pom at the end. Yep. Um, it's not as gross as it sounds. Like it's, it's, it's cute. just, it's it's just like the color scheme is now his tongue. You swim up this tube. You eventually find yourself after, say, fifteen minutes of swimming in this goo. You find yourself in a giant pool with the Elder One. (laughs) There are tiny tadpoles all around you, about the same size as as Deribak. Give me a stealth roll with disadvantage because you're exhausted. You could roll a D if you wanted to. Um, a 16. Okay, that's, that, um, that beats their three. Uh, <laughs> none of these tadpoles notice. Durak turns right fucking... the fuck around and goes back. Like, okay. period. I don't, I ain't doing nothing in here, Fight y'all. I'm coming right brain. back. Fight <laughs> We done found it, right? Isn't that where the, in the elder one, the brain... In the bucket? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We don't found it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on my way back. And I do know the general cardinal directions in which I traveled to get there, correct? Yes. No, you do. All right, you right know, on. dude. So can I just, like, flavor this out and come back, or do you need me to roll anything? No. All right, cool, cool. So, like, after what seems like an eternity, uh, because this was supposed to only be a 30-minute wait, uh, Durak pops out of the, um, like, you see this frog pop out of the bottom, and it kind of, like, like sputters across the floor. It it like opens its mouth like really 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 big 
and the tongue sticks out and it's almost like Durak climbs hat first out of the frog's mouth as it's Ugh. opening and Ugh. turns back into his regular self and he stands up and he is just laughing his ass off because uh, he realizes that he did something super gross and it only hurt a little bit. So he's um, <laughs> he's totally stoked about this. And um, he goes, <laughs> all right, y'all, first of all, we just go save out how cool this was till later. Second, it's up. Like I went up to tubes and I found that big brain and a big old and a big old vat of this stuff, and it's surrounded by all them them little tadpole things. They is all in there with it. So look, don't tell nobody. But I about pissed myself, and I turned around and came right back. Do <laughs> you know it's easier to piss yourself when you were frog and it comes right out your skin? <laughs> you can almost do it like right on command. Like you 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 pretty much always have a full bladder just in case somebody picks you up. You know. Uh- <laughs> I thought about looking at myself, but I didn't want to lose where I was. Tilstra, God damn it. <laughs> Tilstra is awake uh, for the whole process of Dirac turning from a, a frog into his half-orc self again. And he hears everything you said, and, and he says, I'm very confused about what is happening right now in this room. Um, where am I? Why am I wet? What are you doing in here? I, you know, don't answer those in the order I gave them to to you. I, number one, why am I wet? That's the most important one. Yardy leans over to Tilstray and says, "I have some good news and some bad news. Uh, the The good news is we found the Elder One and we've um, figured out your problem. The bad news is uh, you've been captured by the Elder One, and so have we." Oh, don't forget the good news that you don't have a terrifying mind flayer tadpole attached to your brainstem like we do. But I'll, oh, no. I'll tell you right now, man, you should pretend. You know, do it. We're all doing it. Join the club. We're all doing it. But really, you should pretend. It would probably be good for you. Pretend pretend that I do have one in my head? Yeah. At least for now. Play it cool. Be cool, baby. Do you happen to still have the quest scroll? I'm afraid I um, gave that to my assistant. You had one job, man. Listen, I actually have a lot of jobs. You I'm have... the CEO of a company. I need to rewind real quick. The Elder One is the brain? That's the one. Fuck. See, the brain specifically said that this would not happen. Hey, hey, uh, 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 Mr. O'Pallon, um, it kind of t- sounds like uh, you're lying to us because you, you asked us to find your problem, and then we found your problem, and now you're telling us that your problem is something you negotiated with. I, for one, find that uh, very deceptive, and uh, I'm, I'm a little upset because I'm going to die, and um, I'm going to go into the corner and fix my guns because by my clock, we only have a couple of minutes before your assistant returns. So I'm going to keep my mind off of punching you by fixing important things. Good, good plan. Any plan that keeps anyone from punching me is a good plan. Um, does anyone else have... Yeah, you're not off the hook that quickly. Hi, yes, yeah. Uh, excuse me, Durak, fire that axe up, please. Uh, Durak just without without even hesitating lights his lights his axe up and uh, and and he just kind of holds it out in front of him like see. 
I, I, I can do this. <laughs> Tilstray looks at that and he says, cool, nice trick. We don't need it. We don't need it. We don't need it. Oh, I think we might need it. I think we just might need it. I kind of hope we need it. I'm with him. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I ask away. I am not, I am not hiding anything at this point. Get me upstairs. Get me up there. Your assistant said there's no way out of this room. Surely there is. This is your facility. I'm going to level with you. I've never seen this room in my life. This is well beyond what I expected. This is not a room I designed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me rewind real quick. I want you to look at me. Look at my metallic arm. Look at my, you know, my general aesthetic. And you tell me what part of it just reeks of inner space uh, decor. Like, what, what part of me would want to make a room that looks like it's pulsating and alive? Listen. This is this is not my plan. Cash Black does not judge. You do what you want to do, man. If you're into pulse... Listen, pulsating stuff has its moment. Not here. This is not it. This is not the business. This is not it. No. But listen, if that was your business, I... You know, I wouldn't judge you. I still kind of want to kill you because you did lie to us. And now my friend's probably going to die and I'm probably going to die. So that's really cool. I mean, if I die, I don't really care. But now you've brought people I care about into this. I didn't lie. What did I lie about? You said you didn't what know what did your I problem was. And you're... I didn't know what the problem was. So you was. neglected to tell us, you know what? My suspicion, I did hire a giant... Brain? Are you stupid, man? I didn't hire the brain. Oh, I can't what kind of brain works for free? <gasps> Cash is just like pointing to Durak, like, get him. <laughs> okay, well, first things first. The uh, the brain did tell me its name was Rahul. So I, I kind of just took that at face value. So you had a job interview with a giant brain and you've neglected to bring that up? It was going to be kind of a secret. I, the brain said that, okay, so let me take you back a few years. I'm walking around the Underdark. I'm doing research for the Upper Dark, what is a project at the time. I run into a colony uh, a murder, uh, uh, what would you call a group of mind flayers? Uh, uh, a horror? I don't a, care. A brain trust? That's what we'll call it. We'll call it a brain trust Ugh, of yucky. mind flayers. I, I ran into them. They brought me to the elder brain in question. They, they brought me to Rahul. He said that he could make me a deal where I could be either a mind flayer or he could make me wealthy beyond all, you know, just, just, he could make me wealthy. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. He can make me wealthy. I told him my idea for the upper dark. He said, oh, wow, that's so crazy. That's so good. That's such a great idea. Let me help you do that. And I said, I don't know. I, I'm kind of worried that you might try and take over, you know, some of the stuff like you did with these people that used to be people but are now Mind Flayers. And the Mind Flayers were like, hey, that's not very nice. And I was like, well, prove me wrong. Cash <laughs> casts Tasha's hideous laughter on him because I'm tired of this. 
He's useless to me at this point. What What is the save on that? Uh, a wisdom saving throw. Durak is so proud. It's a, a 16. What is... 15. Uh, okay. He, uh... He kind of laughs for a second, and it, it turns into a laugh of nervousness, and he says, Seriously, just just listen. We don't have time! Your assistant will be back any second, and then we have to agree to some part of stupid deal. Get me up to the ceiling. I need to go upstairs. He says, I'll do whatever we need to do to fix this. This was never part of the plan. This was, this was never part of it. I need you to understand. Whatever we can do to take down Rahul, I'm in. Yardi comes back from the corner. Uh, he's He has spent two minutes casting Mending on his guns because I've been rolling like shit today, so I'm leaving it to a spell rather than tinkering tools because I don't want broken guns. He comes up and he says, The best way out of this is reuniting our amazing, beautiful, talented handsome, amazing, did I did I mention funniest uh, bard friend with the uh, very scary and deceptive moth. That is our best ticket out of here. She is apparently directly above us. Whatever you can do to get cash to her, I have confidence it's the right thing. He looks around the room. He sees the tubes. He sees the glass from the pod he was in. He looks at his arm. He nods and he says, okay. Okay, okay, okay. He picks up a piece of the glass. He cuts into the pillar uh, with it and it begins, it, it opens. There's a flood of that fluid for a moment. He looks at the rest of the tubes uh, going out to the Matrix Dream pods. And he says, if this thing's alive, if, if this whole room is alive and connected to the brain, I've got to imagine if it has no connection in here, it's going to hurt and it's going to pull it back. You know, like, like if you touch the stove or something. Tilstray is kind of looking around and he says, you guys may want to jump on this thing. I'm on it. How many, how high up is the ceiling? I just want to know. The top of the ceiling is probably, let's say, 30 feet. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Why? Just good to know. I'm nervous. You should be. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Tilstray begins to uh, walk around and uh, with the glass, he he cuts real fast at the tubes extending from the center column with his robot arm. And it, it's it's going with a, a lot of strength behind it. Uh, and each one that he cuts kind of flails around and uh, begins to leak that fluid like before, and then it stops. He's going one by one. Anybody gonna do anything before he cuts all of them? Um, Durak's gonna sink um, his hand axes into the side to kind of like hold on tight with. Okay. Hands one to cash. He figures Yardy's got good claws. 
yeah, Yardy, Yardy like pokes out all of his claws and just sticks them straight in and grabs on. Uh, Cash turns to Yardy and says, Yardy, if this starts going bad, I need you to hold on to my cloak. Just hang on. <laughs> um, Yardy, Yardy touches Cash's cloak with his tail as he's holding on to this brainstem. Says, it won't leave my grasp. Durek, how often yep. can you turn into a frog? <laughs> I feel like I could probably do it one more time, but I don't think I can do it any more than that. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Just good. Listen, man, it's good to have a backup plan. All right. Siggy, dear, for, dear God, just hang on, man. I can only do so many things. Please, hold on. <laughs> Siggy climbs up on the thing with Cherry, and uh, as it's vertical, you know, it digs the feet into the fleshy uh, tube, and she climbs into Cherry's mouth, uh, almost as though it's like a pod you know, a, a safer place to sit. And she says, I just need everyone to know I hate everything that's happened today. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. Me too, I hate it. And she, she makes eye contact with Tilstray and says, I really hate it. I liked you. I really liked you. And now, not so much. He says, I get it. I'm not a big fan of me either. Uh, anybody else want to shit on me? No. And uh, he cuts the last tube and he says give him hell and the column in the center of the room almost seems to screech and the entire thing moves around like the small ones and it pulls up impossibly fast uh, up several floors through many different areas until you are back in front of the elder brain it's a brain, it doesn't really have a face, but you can tell it's surprised. <laughs> is it quiver? Like a brain, like a, like a ooh. It's got eyebrows. It does, <laughs> it's got eyebrows. It's draw. It's got eyebrows specifically to make inflections when it speaks to people through their mind. Are we, are we in the tube or are we just in the, or are we in the vat or are we in the room with it? You are in the vat right in front of it. And it says, Well, I wasn't expecting this. And I'm not okay with it. And you hear footsteps behind you on the catwalk leading up to the brain. The brain, you can tell, has not recovered from the fight you guys had with it not too long ago. And it says, I'm going to have to deal with you again, I imagine. But this time, I'm not alone. And you turn, and with glazed over eyes, no mask, you see Moth Araushni Baltana. Swords drawn, ready to fight.
Good Better Quest is a Final Plank Media production. Today's GM was David Hallman. Players were Kate Huff, Doug Hawley, and Nolan Lacing. Music provided by TabletopAudio.com and Kevin McLeod. Introduction music, A Prelude of Space, by My Instant Lunch. As always, thank you for listening. <laughs>